Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. Welcome to the Animation Station Podcast, your home for discussions and debates about all things animation. Each week, we'll rank, review, and revel in animated shows from yesterday and today, and from around the world. So grab your acne slingshot, set your mobile suit to autopilot, and put on your mouse ears. The Animation Station Podcast begins now. Welcome to the Animation Station Podcast, episode 65. My name is Josh. My name is Gavin. And I'm Corey. And today we're going to be reviewing Disney and Tim Burton's Frankenweenie. You didn't do it right. Yep. How do you how do you Yeah, Disney? you usually do Disney different. You know, is it too early to go Did that high? Did you get high? too close to an aneurysm last time? So you're not... Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, the blood was rushing to my head when I did it. Disney. There, there it is. Oh, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts so much. <laughs> We're recording early today. You guys awake enough for this? Yeah. Uh, ready? Anybody got any news? Um, I do. Um, here, let me see if I can pull it up while I'm talking. Um, Ardboiled, which I talked about uh, a few episodes ago, which is the new YouTube station or channel. Are they called channels or stations? Ch- on channel. YouTube. I'm, I'm fairly new to YouTube consumption as far as subscribing to channels. But they have their new channel up and running with lots of um, interesting little um, animated web series on there. So um, lots of stop motion, lots of little cute little shorts. Uh, They're going for comedy. So everything on there is really hilarious. Uh, I'm going to see if I can pull it up here and see how many subscribers they have so far. But I've started watching some of it. Um, Really entertaining. I totally recommend checking them out. Yeah. Yeah. They're off and running, so go check them out. Got anything, Corey? I did, but I forgot it. All right. That's good to know. Um, <laughs> Corey, you're doing a great job. The, no, I thought I saved it on my phone uh, on Wednesday whenever I saw it, but it, it wasn't anything major. The final season of Star Wars Rebels premiered last week. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, And I haven't watched a single episode of that show. Um, I've watched about five minutes of it. Yeah. But, yeah, mainly because Amazon... It's kind of kind of weird. What What do you mean? Do when you not... buy season one, you don't get the first episode. Oh, is one of those like things. That. I, hate I hate that. It. They did that with uh, was it Gravity? Mm-hmm. Gravity Falls. No. What What one? I they did it you... with the Lion Guard. Oh, Lion Guard. Yeah. I, you had to buy them. You, you had to buy the movie. Yeah. That's lame. Um, we also got a new promo for Star vs. the Forces of Evil, which means Eclipse is going to be pretty heavily in this which is going to be pretty cool yeah it looks good uh we also got from big hero 6 and disney xd nice <laughs> um they're going to be there's going to be a new series event called finding baymax on monday november 20th hmm. and then after that probably a week later so then we'll have the actual series okay so this will be like a movie event mm-hmm. just like Lion Guard, just like yeah. Star Wars, Rebels. How do you guys feel about that method of release? Do you does that work for you guys? Like, does that get you more excited, less excited? 
I'm not a fan of it. I mean, I'm kind of not either. Like, if you're gonna do that, just for just kind of do what Star vs. Forces of Evil did this last, like, for season three, mm-hmm. have the first four episodes as a movie event, mm-hmm. but it's still just episodes one, two, three, and four, right? Where it's like a mini marathon, exactly. Yeah. And you automatically get those when you buy season three. You get yeah. episodes one, two, three, and four. Yeah, I don't, I don't really get it because I feel like they're putting. When they do that, sometimes they put too much focus on, okay, we need to make this like a movie. And then it goes into the show and it kind of sometimes has a different feel. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, well, now we kind of have to start over because that was its own story arc and now we got to start a new one. I don't know. I, I I guess I'm more of a traditionalist when it comes to TV. I feel like they haven't really found a good way to make it work yet. Mm-hmm. I think if you've got something big, like highly anticipated, maybe do it. Mm-hmm. But it seems like they do it every time now. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I'm on the fence, really. And Gavin, one of your pieces uh, from D23 went up for the auction on the Pocketeers for their yes. uh, cancer relief. That's correct. They are um, assembling Team Boat Willie once again. Uh, if you don't know what that is, if you don't follow Pocketeers, follow them. They're awesome. But they also have created a charity team, and they participate in charity events. So the current one that they're doing is the... Um, I think it's for City of Hope, and it's the Walk for Hope, and it's to um, benefit uh, cancer research, specifically for uh, women's cancers. And uh, they're doing a, a big walk, and you can sponsor them. You can donate to their cause. And they did an auction this last week of some art pieces from various artists, and including two incredible photographs from uh, Hazen, who is an, an amazing photographer. But yeah, those all went up. Um, the auction's over now, but uh, you can definitely still support them, uh, support their cause. They're all super positive people trying to make the world a better place. So definitely go check them out. Podcateers.com. Nice. All right. So for the main topic today, we watched Disney Ooh. and Tim Burton's 2012 anim- stop motion 3D animated my gosh, there's so many Lots things of now. Descriptors. I just call it Black animated <laughs> animated film. It's he's not really a weenie dog. That's first off, it's Frankenweenie. <laughs> first off, he's not he's not a dachshund. Yeah, and I don't think he is in the original film either. I, I don't know. I don't know no, why. I went with Frankenweenie. Yeah. Just seems weird. Yeah. But Frankenweenie. Franken uh Frankenpuppy. <laughs> yeah. Um so, uh, a little brief explanation of the film. After unexpectedly losing his beloved dog Sparky, young Victor harnesses the power of science to bring his best friend back to life with just a few minor adjustments. He tries to hide his home-sewn creation, but when Sparky gets out, Victor's fellow students, teachers, and the entire town learn that getting a new leash on life can be monstrous. <laughs> <laughs> puns in the synopsis i like it all right gavin i'm sure you have some sort of wonderfulness about this movie no i want to know what you guys think about it first oh wow we're just gonna start <laughs> we're just off gonna strong cory all right <laughs> um this this is the third stop motion movie that we've had this month that is correct this would be my favorite style of the stop motion that i've seen and i'm surprised by that like i i don't know why but when i watched it this week this is a weird week because we all watched this movie separately mm-hmm. we, none of us were together when we watched it and that's unusual but when i was watching it on i think wednesday 
I was thinking the whole time, oh my gosh, this is this is bad. Like Josh and Corey, <laughs> they, I cannot see them liking this. So I'm glad to know that this was your favorite of the three. Yeah. That may not be saying much though. Continue. For, for, for the style. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't realize this was black and white. Mm-hmm. So that hurt everything. So why does that hurt? Like talk about why that's uh, a problem. It's, it's been less of an appeal in my, my entire life than stop mm-hmm. motion ever has been. Mm-hmm. I just... There's only one movie I've ever enjoyed that was black and white, and that was Young Frankenstein. So not even a movie from the actual black and white era, no. just a yeah, stylistic just, it, choice. Just stylist, stylistic which this choice. is this this is as well, and in many ways, it's it's the same kind of movie as Doctor Frankenstein or Young Frankenstein because yeah. it's uh, uh, a spoof, basically. Yeah, but for some reason, black and white just never appealed to me hmm. in for cinema. Josh, what do you feel about black and white in general? Do you I'm care for black, black and, and white, white movies? Okay, cool. I mean. I that's what it was weird though when your wife was saying uh, you guys don't seem like people who would like I have like twenty black and white movies on my shelf. You do like I'm I'm I like black and white movies. I mm-hmm. in the era, I don't understand why you would do that now. Yeah, I think it's a stylistic choice. I I, I get that, but it's just it's one of my things. I was like, why just you can you know mute the colors a little bit. Yeah, you don't have to make like it Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, I guess was Corpse Bride black and white. No, but that's but it was good muted. example. Yeah, like yeah. if it's muted it like that and just have like a couple they're... pops of something, mm-hmm. that's fine. Mm-hmm. I I don't see why you would like this movie if they would have done that with this and actually you would have seen like the electricity and everything and like the sparks flying mm-hmm. and that was in color, that would have been cool. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know. I'm not a fan of, you know, it's 2017 mm-hmm. and you're going to put, you know, do like the pianist, you know. It's mm-hmm. like I don't want to see that. <laughs> All right. But that's just, yeah, something I've never been a fan of. We need to expose you to some quality black and white films. I'm okay with at least watching it. Well, watch right. The Longest Day. It's no. the, the best war movie yeah, ever made. Many, many of the greatest films ever made are in black and white. But um, with some of the stuff I did like about this movie, I am honestly okay never watching it again. Yeah. Because I was sad the entire time. Yeah. Now, now you're a you're a your dog person. I'm a very big dog. Your person. pet person. Yeah. Uh, Josh, you're a bit of a pet person too. You you've had dogs. And... Yeah, I wanted my dog when I was watching it. I, yeah. wanted, I wanted to drive to more and right. get her, and I was like, Scouty. See yeah. now, now I want you guys to expand on that a little bit because uh, as somebody who's never owned a pet, mm-hmm. I can't. I don't have that experience, so I can't relate to that. I mean, I can understand. Oh, this is a sad thing. Yeah. I mean, I can, you know, equate it to. Oh, I. I lost something very valuable to me, but I can't, I never bonded emotionally with an animal. So what is that like? I mean, would you equate it to more significant loss, like a family member? Yes. Really? I, I was an only child growing up oh, Okay, and I found my dog, uh, astray mm-hmm. and he was about one years old. One, yeah. A year old. Uh, he died when he was 17. Oh, so I, you I had grew him up six, with I had dog. him for 16 years of my life. Yeah. So I, that was essentially a brother since I was an only child. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever he died, like I said, I got him cremated and I have his ashes on my, on my ring. That's that's full on. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, it it was definitely more than just oh, you just lost lost a goldfish. Flesh. Right. Yeah. So as you watch this movie, then it's it's bringing out all those emotions yeah. for you. Yeah. So just because that's difficult. It just difficult for me. It makes this not a yeah, repeater for you, pretty much. Okay, but if we take that out of it, then yeah, I would watch it. I'd probably watch it again. Okay, 
Alright, going back to the film. Um, I honestly was not a fan of the look of any of the characters. Mm-hmm. Except maybe Elsa, I guess. I kind of liked her hair. But all <laughs> the other characters, they looked absolutely ugly. Yeah, which is not which pretty... is Tim Burton's style right. to make ugliest sin characters. And it's ev- every sense. time I see anything Tim Burton, I'm just like, I don't like the aesthetic. It's one of the reasons I don't like Halloween, just because we get haphazard, you know, just thrown together looking things. <laughs> together. And it's not my, the, not my thing. I think it's very intentional. I don't think it's thrown together. Yeah, intentionally underst- garbage. But, well, I, I understand mean, that you don't like the look of it. Um, but what about the characters themselves? Like as actual characters in the story i mean i thought the story was fine Mm -hmm. i if if you would have done different animation and Mm -hmm. not made them look the way they do i probably would have been a better movie so are we just talking about the characters that are basically like monster references no i'm talking about all of the characters even like his parents and stuff like that i mean they were fine that Mm -hmm. creepy little blonde haired girl (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like no get, get that out of here yeah, um, that, she was so classically Tim Burton to me. The the what's her face dude? I mean the 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 teacher guy. Mm-hmm. Like get him out of here. Uh he was my favorite. Um, the big fat mayor guy. Get him out of here. <laughs> Everyone, I hated get him out. the dog when it was a zombie. Get that out. Why? Because it was gross. Yeah, it looked gross. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, so, I don't like so things that are gross. So let's real life that. So your dog dies and you find that you can sew it no. back together and electrify it and bring it back to life. You wouldn't do it? Nope. You'd, you'd pass? Yeah, I've seen The Walking Dead. You, that never works out. Would you have sewn your dog yeah. together and brought it back to life if you could? Probably tried. Okay. <laughs> Two different sides <laughs> of the pet coin there. That's hilarious. Yeah, I, I that, that was my biggest fear for you, Josh, because I know that you don't uh, enjoy in general the Halloween aesthetic. And Tim Burton pushes the Halloween aesthetic, yeah. you know, kind of harder than anybody else, I feel like. And um, this one was definitely no exception. And I feel like a lot of these characters reminded me of, I don't know if you guys have looked at much of Tim Burton's actual art, like all of his sketches and uh, the des- character design work that he does going into movies like Nightmare Before Christmas and um the corpse bride, like all of his little sketchy drawings that they turn into these three-dimensional uh, plasticine or modeled characters, they all look like, like they all directly were leading up to this movie. And uh, that's what I like about it. Cause I like Tim Burke Burton and his aesthetic. I like that, uh, you know, he is kind of stuck in this one lane for the most part mm-hmm. and really just, carved out a niche for himself in cinematic history and, and a style. And, and this, you know, is just a continuation of that. Um, but I, I understand that this movie could be, it has a lot of obstacles and I think we've named all of them already. It's black and white, which is an obvious obstacle for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't agree with it, but I understand it. It makes sense that people, you know, a lot of people are completely turned off by 3D. They're like, oh, I'm not going to watch that if it's in 3D. You know, some people are like, oh, I'm not going to watch it if it's in 2D. I'm going to go to the movie. I'm going to watch 3D, you know. So there's there are choices that we all make when we go to see the movies. So there's that. And then there's the it's a rough story. If you especially if you are a, a pet person, it's a it can be a really rough story. And then third of all, you got to like Tim Burton's 
style. Yeah. If you don't, you're not gonna like. Which this I, movie. I do like his style, yeah. and I love Halloween stuff. Yeah. So that I didn't find that as, uh, to be a problem. Yeah. Um. So we the the cool thing about this movie is that in classic Tim Burton tradition, it also brings in Danny Elfman to do the music. Mm-hmm. Now you're a big, big, big movie soundtrack guy. Yeah. What's your take on Danny Elfman, and what's your take on the music in this movie? I thought it was, it fit perfectly for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed every bit of it. Um, it was emotional when it had to be. It was intense when it had to be. Like it, overall, I thought that was a, this was a nice change from the last few movies that we've had. Mm-hmm. Like with this, I could, I, I could, I'm, I'm okay with ha- like playing it at my house and just listening to it. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Danny Elfman in general? Do you like his stuff? Yes. What's, oh, what's your favorite Danny Elfman soundtrack? I can't nail it down to one. Really? Yeah. It's Nightmare Before Christmas, man. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie, though. How long has it been since you listened to the soundtrack? But the last time I saw the movie, probably. Okay, in about an hour from now, you need to listen to it again. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice the music at all, Josh? Nope. No? Um, uh, the the music in this, I agree. I think it was it was pretty perfect. I, I think it was a little tame for Elfman. Because he he has a a pretty distinct style as well, um, but I I feel like it was it was pretty good. I I put it like middle of the road mm-hmm. in Elfman soundtracks. I like several of his uh, a lot better than this, but yeah. that was good. That was pretty good. Um, I w- okay. Let's talk about the voice acting. I like some of the voice acting, but my actual biggest criticism in this movie is to do with voice acting. So I really, really hate the fact that Martin Short and Catherine O'Hara, two of the most distinct voices in the world, voiced three characters each. Yeah. They were the whole freaking town. And I, uh, that just bugged me. That yeah, drove me I, nuts. I and it seemed like a cheap shortcut. Like, let's just use these two for six voices. Yeah. And, and everybody else has a different voice. But, the, like, the dad and the freaking neighbor mayor... It's like half the time they sound like the exact same person. Yeah, I didn't like that. No, I was not. Did you guys notice that when you were watching? Yes. Like, did it stick out to you? Because it yeah. stuck out to me like a sore thumb. Yeah, it stuck out to me, and I, I didn't know that he was in the movie at whenever I first started to watch it. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. And it was, oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> right, right. I didn't know that he was the mayor. Really? Yeah. Uh, just his voice. I thought I it was. I thought it was like Al Franken doing like a really <laughs> weird, really weird thing with his voice. Yeah. I don't know. I guess because I've been exposed to so much Martin Short material, I just I recognize yeah. his voice, and to me, it just man, it jumped out at me, and it, it bugged me the whole time. And Catherine O'Hara, I mean, she sounds basically the same mm-hmm. no matter what she's doing, whether because she played the mom and the creepy little girl with the cat. And it's like, okay. Oh, she was probably one of my favorite characters. Oh, I love that character. And reading people's future or whatever. Or their, uh, yeah. Yeah. Predicting something predicting big would happen based on the poop. shape of her cat's poo. If it was in the initial, yeah. or the shape of your first initial, then something was going to happen. Loved it. And she keeps showing him that V-shaped poo. Yeah. <laughs> That's you can have it. It's like, oh my God. Blink, please. Ah, uh, it's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, and and that that brings us back to the characters. I love the characters in this because, you know, they're just playing on classic, iconic monsters from literature and from film. And I think it's this fascinating little universe that they created where all the kids in this one class are basically iconic monsters, but they're not 
it's not like on the nose like Hotel Transylvania mm-hmm. where it's not actually, oh, you're a Frankenstein's monster and you're a Dracula and you're a mummy. They're just kind of like those characters, you know, and I liked that. I, I thought that was a really cool thing to do. So it kind of puts you in that mind space right off the bat mm-hmm. when you get there. And, uh, I, man, I loved it. My favorite, ironically, was um, Nassor, I think is how you say his name, the Frankenstein's monster tall skinny one who was like it's the windmill you know that which was the third character that martin short did uh i loved his character um i like toshiaki i thought he was really cool and then igor Mm. um was really cool too so i just i don't know i liked all those kids you mean edgar yeah it it was (laughs) edgar gore so it's initial e gore and uh the i like how they all were kind of most of them were friends, but some of them were also like frenemies almost. Mm-hmm. And there was this, that competition around the, the science competition. And once they learn of this crazy, insane experiment that Victor pulled off, then they all want to like best it. And uh, so they all go out into the pet cemetery and dig up their old pets, which is kind of a funny concept. Uh, kind of sad too. Sorry, Corey. Uh, but that pet cemetery, yeah. I freaking love that pet cemetery yeah. where they go in and there's crypts and there's tombs and there's all kinds of headstones for various pets. Really then, fantastic what was work. It, that giant, uh, that giant one. Yeah, for like his a gerbil. mausoleum for his gerbil. And then Colossus. <laughs> so good. Rise, Colossus. So I, I want to talk about an inconsistency from going off what you just said. Sure. So apparently, according to his parents, he has no friends. He spends all of his time with his dog, but yet everybody knows his dog's name. Yeah. Well, everyone, Ev- was, everyone was there when the dog died, though. I know. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not talking about that. I get everybody knows that part, but. During the baseball game, when he goes to play baseball, everybody knows the dog's name. I think, to me, it's because this is a very small town. That's the impression that I get. They're a small town. Everybody knows everybody. They all basically live in the same neighborhood on relatively the same street. I just get that it's... That's what it reads to me. But yeah, you're right. Like if like, he's that uh, much of a shut in. Exactly. How come Toshiaki's like, go to catch Sparky. And I'm like, yeah. how do you know the dog's name? Mm-hmm. And then Elsa comes in. She's like, hey, Sparky. I'm like, how do you know the dog's name? I get that you kind of live next to him, but how do you know the dog's name? You never <laughs> talk to this kid. Right. He's a weirdo. He's a weirdy. Like everybody knows the stupid dog's name. And I'm like, hey, yeah, I think it's just a small town. Dog's name. That's what I think. Uh, you grew up in a small town. Like did most of the people in your neighborhood know your dog's name? No. No? I lived in the country. Oh, you didn't have, like, next-door neighbors, right? It was, like, mm, space? I kind of did. <laughs> well, did you live on land? Like, was there, like... I like... mean, we kind of lived, <laughs> but... You say the country, and I picture you in a farmhouse with, like, no. 400 acres, and no. your next-door neighbor's mm. half a mile away. There's people that live in the country that aren't, like, in farms and have okay. cows and horses. I, I've never been to way your... To, way to portray the your... stereotype no, of Oklahoma's Gavin. Just, I'm telling you, that's the picture that hits my mind, and I'm, I've never been to your homestead, so I don't know <laughs> what... What the old neighbor? No, I mean, like, like. We, we had neighbors, but I mean, never really talked to them. Yeah. Did they have kids your age? No. Oh, see, I think that's the difference. Maybe if your neighbors had kids your age, they might have known your dog's name. I mean, I know that in the neighborhood I grew up in, even the kids I didn't play with, I knew who their dogs were mm-hmm. just because they were in the neighborhood and you heard about them. And, yeah. You know, same. I don't know. I didn't, that wasn't as much of a stretch for me. But yeah. this is more of a. Uh, in the city kind of town than, and less of a country town. So maybe there's the difference. I don't know. Maybe. 
don't know. But uh, that I want to go back to that pet cemetery. Uh, I, that might be my favorite set in mm-hmm. the whole place. I just I love everything about it. They just created this amazing ambiance out there where it's like eternal fog, and the lighting was so dramatic, and you just got this sense of history. Yeah. You know, it's like. I, I mean, I don't know. Do things like that exist in real life? Like, are there actual pet cemeteries? I know I, Stephen sure. King wrote a book, and I know that I, I in was, front of I the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland, there's somewhere? a pet cemetery. But like, Maybe somewhere there is, but I, I don't really know. I don't think it's a thing. Okay, okay. I didn't know if that was a thing. Not Never being a pet person, yeah. I, I didn't know. So I just think that's a, a crazy awesome set that they built, mm. and I, I loved everything about it. Um, kind of a throwback to nightmare with all the scenes in the in the graveyard and and i just i just really liked that um interestingly enough when i was at disneyland in 2012 when this movie came out they had a bunch of the sets and models on display there so i got to see them in person and surprisingly these sets and models are actually pretty big and i was reading a little bit about that and they had to because they wanted Sparky to be dog size in relation to the characters, typically when they do a humanoid character, it's it's in a general range, you know, of about half a foot to maybe eight or nine inches is all. And then, you know, everything else is scaled to that. But because they wanted to have Sparky have so much range of movement and so much detail, they had to make him a little bigger and then make the humans a little bigger too. So it was a, a much bigger physical production Mm -hmm. than a lot of other stop motion pieces they actually had three huge sound stages to house all the sets for um the production of this movie and uh they i think they said they broke each one up into like 300 parts so that they could you know film little pieces of it because you don't have to have like everything in camera all at once you know with stop motion you can break it up into littler sets and film you know parts of it along the way but having seen a lot of the sets like they had the classroom set and they had the teacher and i think they had edgar sparky and maybe like a couple of the kids it's been five years i can't remember exactly who was there but seeing them up close i mean the detail on them is incredible it's really good and that classroom was just so well designed and everything in it you know, I, I watch a lot of these movies now and I assume, oh, well, some of these details are probably CG. They're probably just, you know, animated in later or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, everything in that classroom was a physical object really and cool. physically designed. And I thought that was really cool. I really appreciated the depth of detail uh, in this film. And, <clears throat> excuse me. And I think that continues through all the sets. Um, all the characters and I just uh, artistically and stylistically, man, I really liked this movie. Interestingly enough though, when I saw it in the theater the first time I came away not liking it because I had a totally, I don't know, a different idea of what it was going to be in my head, I guess. And it wasn't until I watched it again that I began to really appreciate it. And I think it was after I got to see all those sets in person as well uh, that I began to appreciate that. But I think part of my impressions of what the film was going to be was because I have watched and I'm aware of the original short special mm-hmm. Frankenweenie from 1984 that this was based off of. 
Have either of you guys seen that original film? No, I didn't know it was a thing until you told me a couple days ago. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a short it's a live action film, but it's also in black and white. Um, the kid that plays Victor is the boy who's reading the book in the Neverending Story. Oh, okay. So he's the main character. Um, it's really good. It's totally worth watching. I mean, it's the same storyline. It's the same, you know basic mimicking of the Frankenstein story. Mm -hmm. So it ends in a windmill with a fire just like this, except it's on a miniature golf course where there's often a windmill hole. Uh, It's worth watching. I, I definitely, it very similar, like a lot of similarities. Just this was Tim Burton's chance to kind of flesh out that story, make it full length. Cause I think it's maybe like a half an hour special is what it was. I think it was just on TV. But on the Frankenweenie Blu-ray or DVD, it's in the extras. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So if you rented it or if you own it, you can see it. Very nice. Yeah. It was cool. So anyway, that, that kind of drove a lot of my expectations the first time I saw it. But then when I rewatched it, knowing what it was, then I was like, oh, okay, I can totally get into the, the idea of it, uh, the humor of it. I thought the humor was pretty good, but it was really kind of a low-key humor. Mm-hmm. Like, did you guys ever find yourself chuckling or laughing at this movie? Occasionally, yeah. I thought there were some funny moments, but it was it was a really low key kind of chilled out kind of humor, which was kind of weird uh, for animated stuff. I mean, I guess the same holds true of like Corpse Bride and Nightmare Before Christmas, and you know his other stop motion pieces, Tim Burton that is. So that makes sense, I guess. In animation in general, I guess I at least domestic animation, I expect to laugh a little more. But I don't know. I, I, I liked a lot of the cleverness of this movie. I thought it uh, it had plenty of material to, um, you know, respond to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I I like this movie, I think, more every time I watch it. I, I really dig it. Of course, I don't have to go through the trauma like you do every time. <laughs> trauma. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, well, any any other comments? reactions nope i think i'm good all right we want to rate it good uh for me out of five jiminy crickets this one gets a solid four i definitely consider it rewatchable and uh just a beautiful wonderful film Mm -hmm. i will give it a a 2.5 durgans 2.5 that's a little low but okay yeah but (laughs) um of the tim burton things that we've reviewed on this show i liked this one the best so that's why it gets a two nice (laughs) not a tim burton fan nope are there any tim burton movies you like even in the live action i I couldn't i couldn't tell you what's a tim burton movie anything with johnny depp in it not anything (laughs) no no uh did you like peewee's big adventure nope Did you like Edward Scissorhands? Never saw it. Okay. What about Planet of the Apes, the remake? Um, which one? The one with Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg? Yes. I don't think I've seen that one all the uh, way okay. through. I couldn't stand that one. Really? No, I, I thought it was pretty good. I was one of the only ones, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh no, my grandmother liked it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Me and your grandma should hang out. She likes Mark and Mark. Nice. <laughs> He's likable. I like him. Uh, James and the Defoe, Giant Peach. Isn't William Defoe in that movie? Isn't William Defoe like one of the I'm not sure. orangutans I think or so. something? I think so, yeah. James and the Giant Peach. Mm-hmm. I mean, James and the Giant Peach is okay. I like, I, I like James and the Giant Peach bigger than 
uh, better than any of the other. It has colors. Yeah. <laughs> I used to love And the characters don't look yeah. atrocious, so. See, I think they look just as Tim Burton-y as anything. I mean, just, they have long spindly legs and stuff, mm-hmm. but I also haven't seen that movie in probably 15 years. Yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't seen that one since it came out in theaters. That was in the 90s, so <laughs> I should rewatch that one. There you go. It's a good one to watch in October, too. Maybe next yeah. year. So, um, well, I think that wraps up our discussion on Frankenweenie. Um, so your roommate, Brady, got that new South Park video South game. Park, the yeah. fractured butthole. That's right. And I was watching him play the other day. That's that's a fantastically produced game. Yeah. It like, looks, it just looks like, like you're playing an episode of the show. Have you played it at all? I know, I've watched him play. You've watched it? And, yes. I, I've, and have you just only watched it? No, or I, have you I, played I it. it. You did, uh, of course. So, what? Tell tell us a little bit about it, then. Tell us about the gameplay and and kind of the concept behind it. The concept behind it is you're the new kid in town, uh, and you are joining the kids that they're playing superheroes. Okay. And so you're trying to the Cartman has his group of friends, and the other then there's other group of friends. Then he's trying to do a Marvel cinematic universe. Okay. He he uh, calls Netflix, saying Netflix is buying every single idea ever it's fine we can we can we can make this into a show <laughs> and then it became there's a split so they like oh we're doing civil war right now we're starting off with civil war <laughs> and uh so there's this little little things like that just constantly throughout nice. the movie uh Professor, so it still has all the topical references just oh, like yes. the show that's yeah. awesome and they still have the little kid aspect in it so like mm-hmm. if you're fighting in the middle of the street occasionally in combat that they'll, be, they'll be like car oh and they walk nice. to the side real quick a car drives by he's like get out of the road that's and, amazing uh some of the bad guys will put red legos over uh pathways and like it's lava you can't pass it <laughs> so you have to do stuff to get rid of the lava right oh that's cool is it? I assume it's going to be um, explicit, like the show. Yes, very okay. much so. Okay, it, it, more so. That's in some sense. That's so cool, though. Uh, I love that that they did that. One thing that Trey Parker and Matt Stone were saying whenever they did that first game, the Stick of Truth, mm-hmm. it they weren't they weren't really sure. Like in the show, they never had to explain. This is how you get from the school to Wendy's house. Mm-hmm. But in the in the game, you have to have a pathway. So like, we never actually thought of what South Park the town looked like oh yeah the layout of the town yeah. you never really see it that much yeah. so they were like, that was totally they just went and they were there yeah right so exactly. they actually have a layout for the town now and or huh. they didn't stick a truth and they expanded on it for this one that's pretty cool yeah that's pretty cool yeah i didn't know that they had done other south park games this is the first one i became aware of yeah. i think it was when i came over on wednesday for our meeting i walked in and brady was playing it and i was like what uh, are you because I, I thought he was watching it yeah. and then all of a sudden i see the controller in his hand and things not quite right are happening i was like wait what because yeah. it looks like the show yeah. like i mean it's it's really really impressive to me and the characters move just like they do on the show and um i don't know i i think it's a fascinating concept and, and i mean i could see myself playing it I, it looks fun the best part about it which surprised me a lot is it's a very solid rpg game mm-hmm I didn't That's expect cool. that at all. Oh, he showed me the um, the Instagram like feature. Yes, what's it called? Like, uh, Coonstagram. <laughs> because so Cartman is a raccoon for a superhero. Right. Uh, that's awesome. So you can take selfies with characters in it, and yep. characters it in the game can follow you. On there. Yeah, it puts funny hashtags on it. Man, 
that game seems like it's really involved. Like the the Every detail they thing. put into the writing behind it and the concept just seems amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I haven't even played it. I've only looked at it for a few minutes, but I I to- totally recommend that game. It, it looks amazing. It's hilarious. That's cool. Are there other animated shows that they've made video games for? I know they've done a lot of the Disney movies as mm-hmm. uh, video games, which to varying success. And there's 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 been a couple Family Guy ones. Oh really? Uh, I know they did some Simpsons games too. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but nothing that looks exactly like the TV show. Yeah. Right. This, this is, was like this is it exactly. Yeah. That's 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 the pinnacle of animated TV shows being put into a video game. Uh, what have have these games been successful? Like, yes. do you see it? Uh, the stick of continuing truth, on the first one, the stick of truth was hugely successful. Really. Um. And again, it came to a surprise to many gamers because mm-hmm. they thought, "Oh, this is going to be terrible." But right. No, it was well, because because they had done a previous South Park one like games, yeah. five years earlier, and it was just not bad. Good. But Trey Parker and Matt Stone were never involved with that. Exactly. Really. Yeah. They 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 took control of it because mm-hmm. it was like a racing yeah. game. And it was weird. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. So no, the, I agree. Once once they got involved and made it their game, mm-hmm. it blew everybody out of the water. That's cool. I I think there's so much potential there. Like if you can get the the conceptual stuff like they've done and get the actual feel and essence of the show into the game like they clearly did on this. I mean, I don't I don't see why other franchises couldn't do that successfully yeah. as well. I wonder if it'll encourage other uh, studios to team up with game makers and and do more. I hope it does. That's a really cool concept. Yeah. I, I remember playing uh, some of those old Disney uh, Nintendo games back in the day, mm-hmm. like uh, Aladdin, which was really cool. Did you ever play that one? No, I did not. Did you play Aladdin? I didn't play Aladdin. I played ah, so Lion fantastic. King. Lion King's the hardest game ever made. Exactly. Basically. You can't, you, you can't beat it. There's no possible way that you can get past those stupid hippos. It's impossible. The hippos are hard. Even the freaking little things in that are hard, like the little lizards and stuff when you're a cub. <laughs> like, come on, man. Simba would just jump over this. Uh, man, that game was frustrating as heck. Aladdin was awesome though, because when you'd go into the genie's lamp, it was like this crazy, zany, awesome world. Nice. It was, it was, it was very cool. But yeah, uh, I didn't realize that TV shows were. Ma- I, I guess I was aware of the Simpsons ones, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, Simpsons is kind of on its own icon level. Yeah. But uh, that man, I'm, I'm just impressed by this game. It was really cool. So yeah. And I love how they kept with their play on words kind of mm-hmm. in the title yeah so yeah that was all good yeah it's um, w-h-o-l-e yeah. yeah um but there was one thing whenever they first created the game in the title it was regular b-u-t-t-h-o-l-e mm-hmm. uh and they were like uh they, his producers or whatever were saying like we can't have this on the shelves like they won't they won't sell it at walmart oh and he was like even with like a cover over it mm-hmm. huh so he's like i'm gonna have butthole in the title somewhere so he's, he's saying he went to his desk and sat for three hours thinking of all these different phrases on how right. to, to have <laughs> that word in there. So he's like, the fractured butthole. I got it. All right. That's hilarious. <laughs> and it fits. Yeah. It makes mm-hmm. it sound really cool. Yeah. I like it. All right. You ready to wrap this up? I think so. Yep. All right. Uh, Gavin, everyone, what was that? On Instagram and Twitter at Gavin Audison Art, on the web at GavinAudisonArt.com. Corey. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at MajesticCory. 
You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast. On Twitter at Animate Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Animation Station Podcast. You can also find us on our website, animationstationpodcast.com. You can also find us on Tumblr at Animation Station Podcast. <laughs> um, you can find all of our episodes on iTunes and Stitcher, and you can also go to the podcast tab of our website. And don't forget to leave us a review, and don't forget about the contest. Yeah, as well. we yeah. have a contest. Leave us an iTunes review. Much will be given. Yeah, we'll be we'll be posting some stuff later on this week regarding the contest. Um, we'll post our first pick of phase one of the contest. We're going to marvel at phase one of the contest. <laughs> but you won't be able to see phase two and three until you hit phase one. Right. So once we get those first 25 reviews, mm-hmm. then phase two will unlock. Yes. And then phase three. So tell all your friends. If you want this to happen, tell all your friends. Yeah. Hopefully we have 25 I think we, listeners I, plus friends. <laughs> I think I think we have like... 24 listeners so if only one of them has if a only friend. one more person subscribes yes nice uh cory you and i will be at wizard world comic con this weekend next weekend this weekend this weekend yep. come on yeah. cory stick uh, with the timeline <laughs> yeah we'll be at wizard world so come say hi yeah if you we'll have there. we'll have buttons and cards and swag for you What's the end swag, if I may ask? Uh, well, Gavin's <laughs> going to be you on the spot. Well, Gavin's going to be doing some sketches, and oh, we're going to steal gonna a bunch of them. Oh, okay. Basically, I'm just going to go raid his house and just like grab a bunch of raid sketch cards. Inventory. Okay, yeah. <laughs> this is Gavin's paintbrush. <laughs> yeah, like you want Gavin's paintbrush? <laughs> it's like, signed. Gavin who? <laughs> DeGraw. Oh, I'll take it. I didn't even know he painted. There you go. Yep. <laughs> Amazing. All right, so anybody have anything else? I don't think so. Mm-mm. All right, it's for the Animation Station Podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Gavin. I'm Corey. Bye-bye, little butterfly. Made you look. Doodaloo. Thank you for listening to the Animation Station Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Animation Station Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Animate Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And join the conversation at SecretSuperheroClub.com, where you can connect with our podcast friends, Cloud City Cast, Getting Into Comics, and Sean of the Gathering. 